It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, it's time for another NBA draft profile and projection. This time, does Cam Whitmore have star power? We'll talk about that coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, you can see us there. Talking about Cam Whitmore, his NBA draft profile and projection. Does he have star power? How would he fit with the Thunder? How would he fit in the NBA in general? And what are his strengths and weaknesses and everything else that we're going to get into? So it's going to be a lot of fun. I cannot wait to get into this one. Tomorrow's show on Friday will be all about Taylor Hendricks. And then we'll just run it back next week with NBA draft profiles all week with a Mailbag Monday episode on Monday. So check it out. Uh, Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from, including on YouTube. Cam Whitmore, 6'7", 232, a 7-foot wingspan, age 18, from Villanova. He has some of the highest upside that you're going to see in the draft, and we'll see how realistic it is to realize it. But he's a relentless finisher. The biggest thing you're going to see... In the strengths category for Cam, I think, is his versatility and his freak athleticism. I think those are the two things that jump off the page as soon as you look at Cam Whitmore. He's a no-number player. If I sit you down in front of the Villanova Wildcats and I do not tell you which of the players are, are the NBA, is the NBA prospect just based upon his size, athleticism, and ability, you're going to know exactly who is the potential lottery pick. It's Cam Whitmore, and I think that especially for his size, he is a really good rebounder, which goes into his finishing. He is not afraid of contact. He puts to use that 6'7", 232 frame, and the fact that he's willing to do that opens things up for him, especially on a night-in and night-out basis. If you're willing to to deliver and, and receive the punishment through the course of an entire season and as you move into the NBA in 82-game season, more often than not, you're going to go up against opponents who are not willing to do that. Let's face it, right? How many how many players take, take, take nights off literally and figuratively in the course of an 82-game season? If you're willing to be relentless like that, it's going to pay dividends, and that's what's helped the Thunder to this point have those great stretches of play this year when they were up for the challenge and their opponent was not. I think that he's also an extremely smart passer. So it's oftentimes that you see a 
freak athlete who's who's versatile and can get to the rim at well and score through contact at well. You can see them in college become this selfish, ball ball hog, ball dominant player, and I I think that that oftentimes comes from a good place, right? It comes from like, hey, I've got to do everything. I've got to will this team uh, to get where we want to go. But Cam still had that in him of like, I'm going to carry the team, but also he made the right play. And like, when I say he's a really good passer, it it wasn't necessarily like him whipping the ball around and, and creating open shots, but it was more so making the right plays and being a right play passer. And at his position, at his size, that's all you're going to ask him to do in the NBA anyway. So the fact that he's such an advanced passer in reading defenses and breaking it down of what to do next, that's that's a great thing to have already preloaded into a rookie. But also, in the NBA, you're going to be passing to better teammates and better players. And, and, and if you can still execute reading defenses at such a, such a high level in a quicker game in the NBA it's going to lead to more assists. It's going to lead to more hockey assists. It's going to lead to just a better offensive groove. But he's done a really good job of keeping an offense in rhythm, especially at times where it feels like he is the only offensive form for Villanova. So I I think that that is a huge upside to his game. But the finishing around the rim is the best trait offensively that he has. And that comes in a multitude of ways. It comes from him just ducking his head down, and pounding the ball into the floor and getting down to the rim, and you either are going to have to challenge him or get out of his way and make a business decision. But it also comes from him being an active cutter. And with his cutting ability, the reason I find it so great is that he, must much like his passing where it's like the right play, he knows how to stay out of the way of the offense, but also put his defender and your defender in a bind. Like he's not just cutting nonstop where it's like, Hey, I don't have the ball, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to cut back door and just hope you find me. And if you don't find me, I'm going to cut again and cut again and cut again. He picks his spots very wisely. And if you go look at all of his cutting possessions, you're rarely going to find a time where he cut and it put the the offense in a compromised position. And to have that savvy cutter, especially in an offense that's predicated upon getting downhill, which it would be in Oklahoma City if he was drafted in Oklahoma City, that is such a valuable tool because if you if you – are just itching to cut because you know you're good at it and you cut at the wrong time whenever Shea drives. Now you've brought in another defender to, to attack Shea or Giddy or J-Dub and everyone who likes to live at the rim. This whole team likes to live at the rim. So so bringing that extra body is a dangerous game and it's it's why you know the cutting this year has been highlighted by myself and everyone else who watches this team of being so perfect because everyone understands when to cut and so does Cam Whitmore. It makes him incredible in that area. And then defensively. Defensively is going to be, I think, the most interesting part of, of, of his breakdown. Because I think he's a really good defender. I think that he has the size, the tools, and the ability to switch one through four in the modern NBA. He has the motor to keep it up on both ends. But but when you look at the, the defensive production in college, it just was not there. Even though athletically... He should have been one of the best defenders in college last year. And so I think his anticipatory skills to jump the passing lanes and get steals is great. I think he has a quick response time. Whenever whenever his opposition makes his first or second move, he's really quick at adapting, really quick at, at, at kind of flipping his hips and, and, and going in that the right direction again. Like all that stuff is really, really good. But can you draw that out of him on a consistent possession by possession basis? And this is where I think 
that when you when you evaluate Cam Whitmore, what's going to be very important is his interview process and his private workout process. But you put him in the modern NBA schemes where you're switching everything and you're doing what, what Mark is doing with the Thunder, plus an incredible defensive staff like OKC has. If you were to put him in this environment, I think he would become an elite defender at the NBA level, like a truly elite stopper at the NBA level. Now, that's where I say the interviews come in to, 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 to play. Do you trust that you can get that effort out of him? Because if you can, then he has everything else in place that you can coach and make him get there. If you don't feel like you can get, get that effort out of him, well, then it's null and void. But the athleticism is there for him. And then beyond that, I like his handles. I mean, I like his hands and his, and his motor. I think that with improved handles, he can be an upside creator for himself, but that's, that, that's in all likelihood never going to be his, his role in the NBA. Like, like it could happen, but th- this is low on the rung of things I think w- would be feasible for him in the NBA. But his offensive role would look a lot like this downhill style that you're, you're trying to, to play. I think that he would thrive in the dunker spot, thrive in the corner and then cutting late into the action. And also, I think using him as a screener could do a lot of good for NBA offenses. You saw the Thunder use a lot of those guard-to-guard screens this season, and mostly with Isaiah Joe. But I think that you're going to see him, uh, until he proves he can shoot, you're going to see him get uh, maybe the third or fourth best defender on the floor, especially in the perimeter, um, attached to him. With that, you go screen, say, Shea's guy, and try to get a weaker defender on him. And if you can't bait the switch, then off that screen, he just rolls to the bucket, and we, we know how he's like a freight train with a full head of steam that gives you the option to either get the switch for Shea or get an open, open downhill look for, for Cam Whitmore uh, in that setting. So like, I think that that could be another way that you utilize him if you were to draft him in Oklahoma city, but also just as in general, NBA teams could utilize him that way. I like his hands, uh, especially that's why I would trust him as a screener at times. And I like his motor a lot. Like those are some of the key things that I would highlight for Cam Whitmore Uh, being positive aspects of his game. But it just comes down to, can you get him to buy in defensively? Because he can reach that high potential. Now, what are the weaknesses of Cam Whitmore's game and what's the range for him in this draft? We'll talk about all that coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now, but our good friends over at eBay Motors, folks. eBay Motors is there for you. Listen, folks, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is the perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time that you have the need for parts or accessories, head on over to eBay Motors with eBay's guaranteed fit. You can be sure to find every part that you need that fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that your part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game whenever you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA. 
available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball for you every dayers. You're gonna get a you're gonna get a Campbell Moore preview right now, and then a Taylor Hendricks profile tomorrow and Monday Mailbag Monday. Get your questions in on YouTube and on Twitter. And then next week is all prospect profiles, just like this one. Let's continue on with Cam Whitmore, his weaknesses. The biggest red flag, glaring weakness is his shooting. Now, look, I'm not a shot doctor, and I really hate to try to play one on television. But his shooting is just not good, and that form does not give me much confidence. However, he did shoot 70% at the free throw line, which is encouraging, and he has gotten better um, at shooting the ball throughout his time, you know, you know, in high school and, and then his college and so on and so forth, and then whenever you see him play in other you know, leagues in his life, he's gotten better each stop as a shooter, but it's still not where you want it to be. But that 70% from the free throw line is what teams use to try to calculate if a guy will be a better shooter in the NBA than in college, than in high school, than in his previous stops. They use that more as an, as, as being an indicative measure of if he, if he can shoot period um, than say three point percentage. So you have the, you have the check Mark for like the plateau you look for at free throw percentage. You also cannot be, cannot be, you know, ruled out that you have Chip England who has helped many a players who fit all these, all this criteria like you look at Chip England's track record, how many players does this mold fit that he has revamped and, and, and overhauled their careers and turned them into a tier above what they should have been without his help? So that cannot be undersold enough for this specific topic point of like if he was a member of the Thunder. In general, though, you do worry about his shot. Now, I, I think that another area, and these are all, I think, offensive weaknesses for him. The defensive stuff, I think the only weakness is what we talked about. Can you get that effort out of him? Offensively, though, he has a million-dollar move that goes broke on the finish every time. Like, he does a lot of great moves and a lot of crossovers, whatever, but it's just a stationary. It doesn't get him anywhere. It doesn't, it doesn't create a lot for him. And that's where I mentioned if he gets a better handle, maybe it could. However, I don't see it happening. Like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't look at him... And, tr- and, and predict or, or think that he will improve his handle enough to get a deep enough bag to create for himself. I just don't think that's going to be his game in the NBA. He could shock me. I hope that he does. But he's not going to be this isolation guy offensively, in my opinion. Now, he, he was good in isolation at the college ranks, but I don't think that that's translatable to the NBA, especially as you cannot just bulldog your way to the rim in the NBA every single time. And... That leads into the last weakness that I have for him is, is can you bring another dimension to your game? At his starting point as a three-point shooter is not going to be good. Can you bring that mid-range? Can you do something? Can you improve that three-point shooting? Like, But you've got to add something besides cutting and rim running at 6'7 in the modern NBA. You have to add something else, especially whenever you cannot get to the rim um, a ton off your own dribble besides just pounding your way there with a full head of steam, which will work. And there'll be highlights where it works tremendously. But that can't be the only move in your in your bag, so to say. So can you bring another dimension to your game offensively if you're Cam Whitmore? These are the things that I think that 
when you listen to that first segment, you're like, wow, how is he not a top three pick? But then you listen to this and you're seeing why his range is varying. But there are a lot of impressive things about his game. And he does enough to make all of these weaknesses have an explanation. Like he might just go kill these workouts, kill these, kill these interviews. And you're checking the boxes off because yeah, you did have a 70%, you know, free throw percentage in, in, in college. So if you go to these workouts and go 10 for 15 from three, you know, 14 for, for, for 17 from three, whatever the drills are that they're going to put them through, you go do that. Okay. Now we're feeling even better. You go show some better skill, you know, in terms of creation off the dribble. Now we're in business, right? Like he did enough to where you can talk yourself into, okay, we put him with our guys though, in our program, in our plan, in our system, and he's going to fix all this. And that's why he stays as a top 10 prospect for me in this draft. He was in the 79th percentile overall offensively, according to Synergy, over a point per possession in transition, which I think is an area that I love his game at too. I love transition, watching him play, watching him run the floor, which is a which is a prerequisite to play for Mark and play for the Thunder, who had the third best pace in the NBA. On spot-ups, he was in the 86th percentile, 94th percentile on cuts, and 90th percentile on isolation. But I just don't think that that translates to the NBA the way that his isolations came at, at, at Villanova. A 77th percentile on offensive putbacks, on unguarded catch and shoot, he shot 46% and 37% when defended. So like it's pretty good catch and shoot numbers. And in fact, you know, his shooting percentages, uh, the less he dribbles, goes up and, and does improve. So that's that's encouraging too for, for Cam Whitmore. Uh, 77th percentile at the rim. And then when defending post-ups, he was in the 97th percentile uh, for for synergy. But, but again, the defensive numbers were not necessarily there for him, even though he does have the defensive tools. So where is cam going in mocks and big boards and everything else? Uh, the ringer has him at seven ESPN. I mean, I'm sorry. The ringer has him at nine ESPN has him at seven. The athletic has him at five bleacher report has him at six CBS has him at four NBC at 10 draft net at 12, a tankathon at eight. Uh, I have him at five and Mavs draft has him at five. So anywhere, anywhere from four to 12, in this range and his ceiling and floor as an NBA player. I think that his ceiling is an all-star because if he becomes like an, you know, an elite defensive stopper, which I think that he could, if he becomes a 37% to 40% three point shooter, which he does have the, the, the boxes of, of percentages from the free throw line. And, and, you know, if you trust your shooting coach, maybe he could. And if he gets a little bit better creating offensively, well, then you've got a really, really, really good player in your hands that it's like going to be a really important part of winning basketball games. And what happens when your teams start to win? You start to say, well, how can they only have one all-star? And, and and then you move forward to like voting for their teammates and everything else to where you can make an all-star game. Uh, his floor to me, I think is a rotational piece because I think that he just has too much of a motor, work ethic, everything that goes into it to not realize his defensive potential in the NBA. And if that defensive potential is realized, you're going to have to have a role for him on your team. Even if it's just like a change of pace or a situational matchup where you, you play him heavy minutes against a certain, you know, bucket getter. And then in other minutes where guys maybe don't have like a bucket getter on the floor, you take them off and maybe you don't play him as much against teams without that go-to isolation guy. But his switchability versatility defensively is going to make him a player in the modern NBA because you can do like if he never develops offensively, 
if he never gets any better offensively, which I think is unlikely for an 18-year-old, if he never gets any better offensively, he does enough on that end to justify playing him because of what he does on the defensive end. So that's where he like has to be in your rotation. Um, at worst, if you were to draft him, you'd get a rotational player for your franchise. And that's awesome. And that's awesome to have, um, you know, for your pick. And there's many picks that, that don't end up uh, that good even. But his ceiling, I think, is there. And his upside is there. This is a, This would be a swing pick that you won't strike out on, but you might hit a single instead of hitting a home run. But if you hit that home run, especially with that range we talked about from 4 to 12, it's a massive home run. It's a massive home run if you can hit it. And I do believe that he has enough tools that if you put him in a system that you trust, and it does come back to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City has everything, checks every box for him. Like This would be a perfect fit for him. They play versatile, they play fast, you know, they rely on cuts. They have a they have a top notch shooting coach. They have a developmental track record that 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 proves out to be really really good. They've invested in the G League. If you need to send him there, um, and, and and as Sam Presti has said, that's just a part of their developmental now. Is to, everyone understands you get to play in the G League for a little bit. So so they have a great G League coach, a great G League system, uh, and they have the fit around him, the defensive coaching staff, the the, the players uh, that that mesh well with him to to really make this one of the perfect fits. Or Cam Whitmore. We'll talk about how he fits with the Thunder coming up. But first, I want to say right now, better good friends over at BetterHelp. BetterHelp is there for you because look, we know it's difficult. It's easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and not taking that moment to think about what you need from yourself. But when we spend our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin or, or burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. So make sure you check it out today because uh, you can benefit from therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, go to BetterHelp, get a, get it, you know, a, a try, give it a try. It's entirely online. It's designated to be you know, convenient, flexible, and suitable for your schedule. Just fill out the questionnaire uh, to get matched with a licensed therapist you can switch therapists at any time with no additional charges. Go check it out today because you want to find more balance with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash LockedOnNBA to get a 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your next listen, check out Locked on NBA. For you everydayers, Taylor Hendricks' video coming out uh, on Friday, Monday, Mailbag Monday, and then more draft profiles all the way through next week. So make sure that you look forward to that as well. A lot to look forward to. Now, let's continue talking about Cam Whitmore and how he fits with the Oklahoma City Thunder. What would be the ideal position for him to play for the Thunder and the ideal role moving forward in Oklahoma City. 
So when you look at Cam Whitmore, I think that what you're going to see is in the future, he could fit that starter role. In the immediate future, as in like opening night, I think he comes off the bench. I think he's a bench guy uh, that, that, that you slow play a little bit. But in the, in the distant future where you're developing him and you're investing in him and you're, and you're trying to get the best out of him, goodness gracious. I mean, like a lineup that had SGA, Giddy, Cam, J-Dub, Chet, just versatile one through five. I, I really believe in J-Dub's defense. I really believe in Chet's defense. I really believe in Kim Wilmore's defense. And you have SGA who already grades out as an excellent defender on Synergy. That's four top flight defenders. And then Josh Giddy has that size as well. Like that would be awesome. If everything that I said in that first segment of his strengths came to flourish in the NBA, that would be an incredible lineup, incredible lineup in the future. But for this season, he'd be like a bench guy that, that shows flashes. Like that's one thing that I'm confident in. Cam Whitmore this season as a rookie, no matter what franchise he goes to, Cam Whitmore this year as a rookie, you know, independent of who drafts him, will show top flashes where you go look up a 10-minute YouTube video on how incredible he is at dunking in the, at the rim, blocking shots, jumping and passing lanes to spark transition. Like You're going to get to see a lot from him that makes you feel things as a rookie, no matter where he's at in the NBA, I think. But I think that ultimately he's kind of a bench guy uh, this season. For OKC, if you were to be drafted here, uh, roster impacts. It's going to be difficult to manage the minutes because you're going to need minutes for Oofs. And then from there, you know, Wiggins plays the four, Poku plays the four, Jerry, like those those guys will be fighting for minutes. I think that Wiggins would be safely in that in that category. But Poku, Jerry, Lindy, Oofs, like those those guys would really be teetering in the rotation scale. And, and I want to preference all of this draft stuff with this. They won 40 games this year. Correct. They're going to try to make the playoffs next year. Correct. Mark is still going to play 12 guys a game next year. He's still going to play a, a bounty full of players next year. So when push comes to shove, that rotation will shorten. But game in, game out, for all 82, he'll play 10, 12 guys just as he has this whole time. So, like, there'll be minutes for Oost next year. There'll be minutes for Poku next year. But as you draft them in the first round this year, they're they're likely going to chip into everyone else. And, and I think that Wiggins and Joe are, like, your two best bench players. And then from there, uh, you know, you kind of rattle it off. But why the Thunder should take him? The Thunder should absolutely take Cam Whitmore if he's there or close to their range. If they truly believe, after talking to him and interviewing him, which they will, if you truly believe that you can tap into that raw defensive upside. If you and, and if you believe that Chip can can handle his jumper and, and get enough out of his out of his jumper, right? Like if Chip says, there's enough to work with there where I can make this work. I see some things I want to tweak, but it's not like a dramatic overhaul. I think that he can do it. If Chip signs off on it, if you're if you believe after talking to him that you can get that defensive want to out of him, he's gonna fit into that style of you know versatile cutting as an off-ball player, absolutely take him at that point. If you talk to him and you're like, yeah, he's probably not going to ever buy into being a defensive player the way that we want him to, then sign R, right? Because th- at that point, you've really limited what he can be. If he never reaches that defensive stopper potential, you've limited 
who he is in the, in the NBA. So that's going to be an important thing, I think, for him, is how he can answer that question or prove that question uh, throughout this draft process. But as we talk about these draft profiles, you know, we'll eventually have the draft lottery here in a few days. We'll have a draft lottery live stream. But like, as we talk about this, remember, somebody has to fall. Like, I have Kim Moore five. Like, I think Kim Moore's a really good player. I have him five. The Thunder are likely going to pick a 12th. But, but somebody falls, they fall every year. So that's why we're talking about all these prospects so we understand the wide scope. We'll talk about second-round guys. We'll talk about first-round guys. We've talked about Victor. Like, we've talked about everybody. So make sure you follow along on YouTube and on the podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. Tomorrow's profile is Taylor Hendricks. A lot of you have been anticipating that in the comments. So make sure you tap in tomorrow afternoon on Friday, Friday afternoon for Taylor Hendricks um, over there on Cinco de Mayo, I believe it is, tomorrow. So that's, that's exciting. Uh, until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.